Hello and welcome everybody back to Eyes on the Mind. My name is John and that's Ian. What up? How's it going everybody? This is December 7th and this is episode 40 with a meta update as a follow-up to last week's episode. And there's a few Ether Revolt spoilers that we're going to talk about. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is going to I know I say it every time, but Christmas... Christmas is actually literally around the corner, so it's not like Christmas time again, but it actually is Christmas time again. It's going to be Christmas time, and then it's going to be Christmas, and then it's going to continue being Christmas time until the end of January. I love it. It's going to be fantastic. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So first, um, let's turn our eyes to last week where we talked about the metagame. We talked about what a metagame is, and we talked about Standard's problem of being a two-deck format. (laughs) <laughs> not anymore not anymore because uh, red green marvel showed up big yeah so the main the main issue like we talked about last week in depth is it like so for the last month and a half basically since october it's been blue white flash and black green delirium like other decks have tried to fight it off but not so much like we had a triple shot so we had, remember, Grand Prix Madrid, Grand Prix Denver, and the SCG Invitational. There was an Aetherworks Marvel deck in every final, and it won two of those three. The other one got won by Marty Vehicles. Now, if you remember last week, we mentioned those two as the little third and fourth decks that are in the meta. So the third and fourth decks basically came up, and I don't know what it was, but damn. Yeah. <laughs> So real quick, the top eight of GP Madrid was two red-black aggro decks, which uses Scrap Heap Scrounger and PNLR and your red aggro cards to help finish the game quickly. Two blue-white flash and a whopping four red-green Marvel decks. Yep. Um, with the addition of Ishkana to shore up their blue-white matchup. Yeah, I think that might have been something that really started tipping them over because they just could. The original builds of that deck just could not handle the flying spirits. No. And if you're trying to build your deck around a four drop, building help, adding a five drop in is not going to hurt you too bad. Especially if you can, you know, go fetch it up for free. <laughs> if it's in the with top said, six, with yes. said four drop, I mean, well, I mean, yes. you're putting four of them in, or three or so of them in there, you're going to hit something good. You should be hitting something good, and it it solves my issue with the deck of having only eight hits, and now you get some sub hits like, oh, here's a turn four Ishkana because you're playing blue white. Because Ishkana also just stops all the aggro. Oh, yeah. I mean, some of them had... Yeah, it's... it's. I like the change. It's a, it's a good yeah. welcome change. So and then Denver. GP, GP Denver all right, we had a little different. Yeah. It had we two had, Blue-White Flash. It had two Marvel decks. One was Teamer Marvel. One was Red-Green Marvel of the new variety. Teamer Marvel being the old variety. One Red-White Aggro, which was not vehicle-centric. One Mardu Vehicles, which Matt Severo won for his third GP win this year. Dude's on a heater. He is on, a, on a heater. Yeah. Um, so, like you mentioned, that teamer one, that actually placed second at the hands of number six in the world, Steve Rubin. Um, right. He he had blue in his deck for, in the main deck, Whirler Virtuoso. Mm-hmm. And he had Ceremonious Rejection and Negate in the sideboard. Yeah. That was his blue in the deck. Okay, so it was still... The Red Green Marvel style, but it was just adding a few other things. Okay. All right. Yeah, it had some, no, it had some spice to it. Like, I mean, he was playing three botanical sanctums, the, you know, the Aether Hubs, one it island. Had the, it, had the, it had the mirror tech with negates and uh, rejections. Yeah, um, which is kind of big, I yeah. think, need for there. But it had three Ishkana, two Ulmog, two Emrakul, three Chandra. 
Um, uh, big so Chandra, eight years. Small Chandra. Uh, torch. Okay. Small. Four, four mana. Um, oh, and you'll notice I only mentioned six of those decks because the other two decks were weird. Uh, we had Blue-Red Zombie Emerge. Basically, this is the one we saw a couple weeks ago that people were just calling Standard Dredge, yeah. essentially. Because it's got Stitchwing Scob, Advanced Stitchwing, which are designed to ditch cards in the graveyard to get them back, but also prized Amalgam, which will come back at the same time. And it had like kind of an Emerge theme with Elder Deep Fiend. And then the, the the hottest deck, the spiciest brew to uh, to enter this tournament was blue white panharmonicon. I actually faced a panharmonicon deck last week at uh, Standard Showdown. I did too. I beat it. <laughs> I did not. I, um, I I won rather handily. Um, <laughs> I drew all my burn. Like he he played something. I like he was like my opponent had the unfortunate. Um, uh, occurrence of he was essentially playing his uh, oh god can't think of it right now derp uh, wow I completely spaced on spell queller for a second there oh there we go um, he was flashing in his spell queller on blocks <laughs> against my storm chaser mages that I would just sp- just bolt out of the sky anyway before blocks occurred I'm like <laughs> nope mm, interesting yeah I was taking I had wait I had answers first thing I was casting um, fiery tempers for the full three mana just because I'm like, I know you're going to flash this in. Boop. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's kind of the panharmonic combo. Oh, yeah. It's what people, people call it, the, the deck, because it has the Reflector Mage, which, you know, give you two triggers on that. Pilgrim's Eye, give you a couple triggers on that. Cloud Blazer, you know, draw four, gain four. Seems decent. Seems pretty good. Drowner of Hope. Yeah. Drowner of Hope and Displacer. <laughs> Um, are a little bit of a wombo combo, so... Uh, also Sky Sovereign. Yep. Like, I hear it's great dealing six damage when it enters the battlefield. Panamonicon does a lot of great things. Uh, it has a great matchup against, uh, Delirium. And you'll notice that none of these top eights had any Delirium decks in them. Dude, Denver doesn't have a Delirium deck in the top, uh, 32. Jeez. Like, I had to scroll down, I'm like, oh, it's got, that's right, it's 33rd. Yeah. <laughs> Just outside. Um, a little bit different story in Madrid, though. Uh, Yol Larson put it to piloted to ninth, and Andre Strasky piloted to thirteenth. So they probably lost their winning ends or something along those lines. But after that, it dropped down to twenty fourth and twenty fifth place. So yeah. black green, obviously, just how we said. Remember, you got to read the meta. Apparently, everyone's like, "This is a bad weekend to play Delirium." Which was really funny because the first GP after the Pro Tour, there was no Marvel because everybody was playing Blue-White Flash. Yeah. And now um, we have the reverse happen where Marvel has become resurgent and crushed the Delirium decks. And now we have four Blue-White Flash decks up on, up on, among both top eights. I would, um, I would be remiss in not, not mentioning the standard open, which happens kind of simultaneously with the Invitational. The standard open in Atlanta this past weekend, though. First, third, fifth, sixth place, all Delirium decks. <laughs> and then that goes to how different a open metagame is going to be versus a GP metagame. Um, Correct. I was having which, a conversation which... with my friend Doug, who's trying to predict the, the the meta for a PPTQ this weekend in Standard. And I'm like, you can't base that metagame off the GP that much. Cause... No, you can you can see... You... My what you can do with it with a Jeep with kind of looking to PPTQ is just look at the decks that were popular the week before at the GP and have an idea how to beat those decks. Because the thing is that players at that level aren't going to build multiple decks unless they 
think unless they're unless they are really really good or they think they're better than they are. Um, and, Probably it's better. They 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 think they're better than they are. Yeah, um, and I'm like, you can't base it off of this meta game. You just can't. But um, because people are going to be at our at this level are going to be like, I play Black Green Delirium, and I'm just going to play it, and I'll adjust my my sideboard maybe for Mar- oh Marvels here, so I need to change some things up. But otherwise, I'm just going to be playing this deck because you'll have people who are that stubborn, for yeah. lack of a better word. But it's one of the- the, one of the funny uh, little sideboard notes that – so we, we mentioned the two GPs, but the Invitational had a virtual, I guess you can call it, quote-unquote, mirror-ish of Aetherworks Marvel. However, they were Naya. So yes, I remember seeing red, green, red, green, white. Now, uh, the one that ended up winning at the hands of Jacob Ball um, actually had the mirror – one of the really awesome piece of mirror tech in the main board – but both decks ran it in the sideboard. The the one that Ben Freeman got second with actually had a planes in the sideboard to sideboard in for this mirror tech of Sagarda Heron's Grace. Yeah. Because it makes you hexproof. You, the player, have hexproof. So you can let that Emrakul tr- you can let that Emrakul hit the board. They ain't stealing your turn though. Remember how I said back in Shadows of Innistrad that Sagarda was like really good because she had five toughness? And now she also protects you from Emrakul? Just hitting you on turn four or whatever. Yep. I mean, I actually had I actually had someone. Was it my? I think it was the Panharmonicon deck. Yeah, the the Panharmonicon deck I played was playing a Sigarda in it. <laughs> I was like, wait, what is what the? Uh, I still do killed a whole lot, but that's fine. That's fine. Well, remember, I was on um, blue red uh, Thermovolt. So which is pretty bad against, it's pretty good against you. Oh, it's, it was insane, but I had enough removal for it. Like she, he did, he was able to exile a couple of cards from his graveyard to put some soldier trogans on the battlefield to block some stuff of mine. But it was still kind. Of, I, he used it to block a bedlam reveler I had, Oof. or no, it was a goblin dark dweller because it needed the uh, menace. <laughs> but no, it's this deck that won. Like it's pl- like pl- they're playing white now to protect themselves against their opponent's emerkuls. Also, Nihiri. Oh yeah, there was playing three a big, of them. Big win there, because I mean, you can hit Nahiri off your Aetherworks Marvel, and then just start ticking her up. And if you clog the board with Ishkana, we've seen what happens in board stall games in Nahiri. I mean, Jadine Klumparin's got hers up to was like thirty at one point. Yeah, a couple like a couple months back. But yeah, like you can just pop that eight, th- throw down your Emrakul, and go have, you know swing some haymakers in there. I mean, you're not. You don't even need the cast trigger off of Emrakul. You're just like, boop, boop. Yeah, you just hit him for thirteen, and then you goes back to your hand in the next turn. Surprise, Emrakul, you. Yeah, because at that point you probably have enough in your graveyard to cast Emrakul for like seven. Yeah, you essentially tutored it, which is great. So. But I, I think it's really cool. Um, I'm really happy that people didn't just you know sit behind the tried and true decks. They went, looked like they got out and were like, all right, how can we warp this meta again? Like I won't lie, the uh, the zombie uh, standard quote unquote dredge deck looked pretty fun. Oh yeah, the the UR zombie decks look really really fun. Where but was that deck? We'll we'll uh-huh. see when Ether Revolt comes out what's going to change. But before we get there, we have to know what the cards are in Ether Revolt, and oh boy, do we know some really good ones. Now, before we start on this, we ha- we just want to give a nice little disclaimer for listeners out there. If you guys follow us on Twitter. You guys have already seen this, but we will not talk about leak, leaked cards. 
we're just not going to do it. Yeah. If it's been officially spoiled, yeah, we'll talk about it. So building up to this week, some of these cards we're about to talk about were leaked. However, they have now been officially spoiled and are on the Aether Revolt card image gallery. You can find the link down in the show notes, as well as the promos and Planeswalker decks, which are where these are also coming from. So these are going to be your promo cards that you're going to be getting at game day and... Buy a box, uh, launch promo, buy a box, launch promo. game day, participation, top eight. And then we had two other cards that were spoiled. Um, because they're the face cards of these. The, remember, they have the Planeswalker decks again. And there are the gentlemen on the front. Yes. I, I kind of use the word gentleman loosely. I mean, I think it's pretty once clear a, that they're both they're both male. And I think they both identify a, as such. One's a cat, dude. Come on. <laughs> I believe no, Johnny gen- uses, uses the, the he pronoun. but No, I, I, know, I know. I know. I'm just... Yes. And then we also have another card that was spoiled off of a Facebook video, weirdly enough, from Wizards, so it's also official. It's also in the card image gallery, and we're going to be talking about it. Yes, yeah, so we got double with Johnny. Yes. So we're going to go ahead and kick things off first with a card that Ian likes the regular art better than the full art game day promo art. All right. Yes, and I forgot what the game day promo art looks like close up because game day promo art is freaking cool. Yes. But the full picture that you get from the actual art looks incredible. Yes. Dark and the we're talking about Dark is expertise. Yeah, so we, we kind of mentioned Yeheni, I think we did it last week with yes, the story. because that was yeah. the first uh, Aether Revolt story. Right, so this is Yeheni who we met who was dying and now is basically an Aetherborn vampire, essentially. Yes. He's stealing people's life force and using it to fuel his own life. They. Um, right. They. Thank you. Look, <laughs> it's tough. I slip up. Thank Everybody you very much. Everybody slips up every now and then. Yeah, thanks for the correction. Um, yes, Aetherborn are they. Speaking of, I mean, we were just talking about gender prone. Man. <laughs> Listen, womp womp. I have almost called you Henny a she, so. Well, I mean, we, we kind of got used to this initially with. Uh, Gonti and. Uh, no, I was going with. Uh, Planeswalker. Oh, Ashiok? Yeah, that's it. I mean, I just Ashiok just laughs at your at our attempts at using pronouns to describe Ashiok. Just, just Ashiok. <laughs> anyway, Anyway. Yeheni's expertise. Interesting card. People have actually been kind of like saying, is this modern playable? Why? Well, let's read it. It's two black-black for a sorcery. It's a rare. It's a rare. Um, this is going to be your game day top eight promo. Um Obviously, full art. So it says all creatures get minus three, minus three until end of turn. But Ian, that's worse than Languish. And Languish was standard playable, but it's not seeing play in modern. Right, because this one says you may cast a card with converted mana cost three or less from your hand without paying its mana cost. Oh boy. So how do you like minus three, minus three, Kolagon's Command? How do you like minus three, minus three, Liliana? How do you like minus three, minus three, uh, Ancestral? How do you like minus three, minus three, Restore Balance? You're an evil person because I was going to suggest uh, ad nauseum. Uh, ad nauseum costs not, five. No, no, not ad nauseum. Um, living end. Living end. That's the one. Yes. The other one that does really crazy stuff with your graveyard. Uh, living end is weird because it you want it you want your hand's expertise to kill creatures and then you're going to living end them back. That's weird, but I mean the point <laughs> stands. Well, all right. So we're basically just going with the thing that there's a lot of good cards at three CMC or less in modern that you're getting. Aim. All right, so outside of Tassiger and Tarmogoyfs, odds are you're going to kill a lot of things in modern with that card. 
I mean, the only things that this deck, this card's bad against, and this is probably not a, this is probably not a main deck card. It's probably a sideboard card. You could you could main deck it if you want, but the big thing is that it doesn't hit Eldrazi because it's not going to kill a Thought Not Seer. It's probably it's definitely not going to kill a um, Reality Smasher. It'll kill the small things, but at that point you don't care about those. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll kill you like your mana dorks and stuff, but it will wipe out a, a board of dredge cards. But that deck's pretty resilient, anyways. This uh, hoses, in fact. Yes, it certainly does. Well, except for Ingmoth Nexus, because right, but it also will wreck Affinity. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they don't have Steel Overseer online. Oh, of course, or uh-huh. a uh, or a Ravager, because if they have Ravager, they just sack their board into the Ravager instead. Well, yeah, well, they can sack the board into the Ravager, but still. Regardless. You might, you might. Hey, you, they sack the, they sack everything into the Ravager pr- to prevent the minus three minus three, and then you get to cast that uh, Colgon's command, tar- destroy target artifact. <laughs> that that Boom, is another baby. thing you can do. Um, Boom, we got there. We got there, kids. Um, got there. Other things in modern that this can cast, you could then go Thoughtseize if you wanted to. You could go Terminate. You you could just go Goif. Um, of your own it, there, it this card is incredible entirely flexible and modern and we're not even touching standard because it's going to be good in standard like i mean i uh, it'll definitely probably see some play like the thing is like we're, we're just kind of mentioning the meta is kind of really in flux this does kill a lot of things in the flash deck it kills i mean it can get spell quellered which is a downside but it kills yeah. spell quellers which is an upside it completely wipes out the vehicles decks because they need their creatures um selfless spirit doesn't save you yeah selfless because, spirit doesn't save you either because remember selfless spirit sacrifices itself to give creatures indestructible giving it minus three minus three to put them at zero or less toughness can't be saved by indestructibility no now uh, the only ones that doesn't really touch are like the even I mean, the emerged decks get kind of rocked a little bit it hits not, amalgam it doesn't hit so. Wretched Griff or or Distended Mindbender or Elder Deep Friend. Um, yeah, it doesn't wreck the Mind Rack. Doesn't wreck Mind Rack Demons. Nope. It can. It doesn't hit a boosted Grim Flayer. And that's why it's I mean, going to be good in this these green like Delirium decks. Oh uh, yeah, that's definitely probably going to be the like the the next iteration of Black Green Delirium that we'll probably see. We'll most likely play. I would say out of the board. Probably. Because right now they're playing Cletus out of the board. I mean, I would well. still play Kalidus with Yehini's expertise because that's no, going to no, be really no, no, good. No, 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 um, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying yeah. they'll play Kalidus. They'll have Kalidus and Yehini's expertise at, in out of the board kind of thing like that to help you, you know, fuel your zombies. Yeah. Now, I, I've tried to get better at this uh, judging cards power level because that's a whole nother discussion of trying to determine whether cards are good or not. And this looks like a developer card to me where development said we need to add this to the metagame to help the deck. The, the, the black decks or whatever. Yeah, this, this, looks like a, this looks like a future future league, kind of like we yeah. need to keep something in check. Like, you don't add cast a CMC 3 or less card from your hand for free for nothing. Can, can we just talk about something real yeah. quick, though? So this is 2 black black, sorcery speed. <laughs> we're never getting damnation again. Oh, no, we're <laughs> never getting damnation again. <laughs> no. I just had to say, like, we're, we're slowly progressively losing minus x minus x here because <laughs> it went from minus four minus four to minus three minus three granted you do get the lovely little bonus of the i mean you can arguably say that this is slightly better than languish well if you're worried about the the minusing minusing stuff you can cast yehini's expertise into infest which is one black black give creatures minus two minus two so if you really need to kill the bigger things you can do that 
forgot about that card in standard. Well, I mean, that's because there's better ones, like Drown in Sorrow from Theros, which scries one, and... Um, well, yeah, true. But uh, still. The one from BFZ that has that has Devoid. I um, think that this is a card that... Flaying Tendrils. Yes. Yes. This card may see play just based off the fact that it seems like it has a very flexible power level. Like, on the on the face of it, it looks great. Yes. But what we'll is see. top... Like, we'll see. Like, I think, personally, it looks great. Oh, yes. Whether now, or not will actually translate to the gameplay itself. Who knows? But yeah. I just think the ability to to wipe out a bunch of smaller stuff and get something else for free. Now, this is going to be obviously a kind of feel bad top deck if you're, you know, empty-handed. Yeah, if you're if you're hell hell bent already. Yeah. But so let's move from the top 8 promo for game day to the participation promo for game day. And this card has a really really fun history. Um so when we read off then you can tell the history. Please go go for it. All right, because you're a little more familiar with the backstory on the, the where this fits the hole on the uh, scale thing. So it's called Trophy Mage. It's a two and a blue human wizard. It's an uncommon, as are the participation promos. It's a two-two. It reads, it has the ability, when Trophy Mage enters the battlefield, you may search your library for an artifact card with converted mana cost three, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. So where this fits in is because in Mirrodin, uh, they printed a card called Trinket Mage. Which is this exact same card, Tuna Blue, 2-2 two, two, Wizard Uncommon, and it grabbed a, C- a artifact of CMC 1 or less. So it grabbed your 1 drops and 0 drops, like, say, Moxon. Um, then, in Scars of Mirrodin block, they printed Treasure Mage, which is Tuna Blue, 2-2 two, two, Wizard Uncommon. It was also the game day participation promo, and it grabbed, cre- it grabbed artifacts of CMC 6 or greater. And Trophy Mage is right in the middle. Yeah, it doesn't say or greater or lesser. It's converted mana cost three. Now, here I'm going to list off some artifacts that are CMC three that you can get in any format. Just any format because we can limit it to the standard, but why why, why worry about standard? Ian, how would you this, like to be able to go get, I don't know, an ensnaring bridge with Trophy Mage? I hate you. Uh, how would you feel about if I got a Trinisphere? I hate you again. Uh, for those who know, Trinisphere makes all cards that cost less than three, makes them cost three. Just, yeah, it's a weird card. So all your, it's it's very powerful in older formats where you're trying to cast zero mana artifacts or one mana cards left and right. It makes yeah. everything CMC three or cost. You have to pay three. Yeah. Or converted mana costs up to three. So if it's like a color, it's like it's like one blue. Like say you're casting ancestral, um, in vintage, it'll make you cost two in a blue. Yeah. Now. Here's the bigger. Here's here's the biggest one, which is super, not super relevant currently in modern. Um. But I under I remember this cycle of powerful artifacts that are equipment that all cost three. <laughs> um, oh they right, just got the swords of X and Y. Yeah, they got reprinted lately. Yes, as uh, as inventions. So your trophy mage can go get your sword of your opponent's deck. Um, the swords of X and Y being protection from one one of two colors plus two plus two, and they do an effect when you hit the player. So for example, you can play trophy mage, go get your sword of fire and ice. Um, and that's, that's, who it's, that's a big one. Yeah. Um, I know for me personally, uh, it works great with, wait, does it, wait, what's, uh, GTA's? That's a two. That's a two, right? No. Yeah. I don't know how much, I don't know if I would play this in my, it's definitely not going to go in something like my, uh, Highlander deck. I mean, if you want to, if you want to go grab swords, it's good at that. Well, that's what I have. 
what's her name for? Can't think right now. Oh, uh, Stoneforge. Stoneforge. Yeah, Stoneforge. Yeah, but this is another Stoneforge. <laughs> but this is a two-two. Yeah, that I know. carries swords. No, I know, I know. I'm just saying the <laughs> art on the art on this one though looks great. Oh, the art the art is fantastic. Anna, Ste- Anna Steinbrenner, you did a or Steinbauer, sorry. Yeah. It is hard to read on a computer screen. Anna no, Steinbauer. Yeah, Anna Steinbrenner did a good job. Um, it's just a cool looking card. Like, to be honest, I think the last like game day participation card that actually saw any kind of real play was uh, Air of the Wilds. Uh, because it was Air of the Wilds. Then what was it after that? Exactly. Um, I don't even remember what the origins one was because I wasn't even there for it. Uh, don't remember the origins one. Um, geez, I'll have to look. I'll have to go look that up. I feel bad about <laughs> not remembering what those are anymore. But but you see what I'm saying, like yeah. no. But even even then, it's still a cool thing. This will probably see playing some you know some commander or hundred card kind of deck or whatever. Yeah. But it fits like fits that nice little story. Like kind of, it's not a cycle, but it is kind of. Yeah. These kind of cycles that reference back to one another is are really, really cool. And Trophy Mage is just the right flavor, and this is just the right place for it. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to say about it? No. It, it's basically we said it. It's there. Yeah. It's a card. Good art. All right. Fun little ability. Can, can fetch up some fun cards in older formats. It certainly can. So now we're going to move on to, I believe this one is the Biobox promo. Um, that the is level? Scrap no. Trawler. Oh, Trawler. Okay. Yes, Scrap Trawler is the buy a box promo. It is a three-mana artifact creature construct at rare. It's a 3-2, and it has a really interesting text. When it or another artifact you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, return it to your hand, or return to your hand target artifact card in your graveyard with lesser converted mana cost. So this how this works like... is if you have a four CMC artifact go to the graveyard, you can pick up a 3-2-1 or 0. If you have a one yes. go in, you can only pick up zeros. And if you have a zero go in, well, it's not doing anything. Yes, the the promo art for the bio box looks pretty cool, but also the actual art for it looks really cool as well because yeah. it's dark and who loves little angles and nice shadowy and stuff. But this card back in the day, there was a deck called Eggs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, eggs. this this card would have been ridiculous in that deck. The problem with that deck, though, is that most of his stuff cost one or zero. Well, you could still grab another card. Yeah, that's true. So you crack a one mana art- artifact, you can go grab a zero mana artifact and just, you know, start. Keep going. It just, yeah. yeah, it just. I don't know. I don't know what kind of play this will see. This card is begging to be broken. That's the biggest thing. Um, yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, you look at it like, how do I break you? Yeah. Um,. People have been looking at cards like Junk Diver or Mirror Retriever or Workshop Assistant, which when they die, you can return an artifact from your graveyard to your hand as ways to try and loop with it. Like maybe actual cards with like actual affinity for artifacts. <laughs> maybe. Um, like I hear dropping a Mirror Enforcer and then like somehow putting it into the graveyard. Oh my God, dude. I just thought like start sacking stuff to Ravager yep. and then getting other stuff back to sack it back to Ravager. Yeah, I mean, you have to you have, you have to pay for it, but yeah, that's definitely a a place that you can go with this in play. It also costs the magic three mana, which means that it can be cast off a of Mishra's Workshop in Vintage, but we won't. I don't think that's gonna happen here. You never know. Paradoxical outcome hit Vintage, so yeah, that's true. So it's a card that's begging to be broken. I don't think it's gonna this. see a bunch of standard play, but we'll see. But I could be wrong. John and I are the kind of brewers that like get into the insane like, what the heck is this broken combo kind of thing, but yes. 
One of these days. No, we can talk about this. We can talk about that some other time. But no, this card just seems like an intriguing, like. It, it fits the theme of Kaladesh because Kaladesh was a, is a, was a super Johnny set, and I think this entire block is just super Johnny, just super combo-rific, just trying to find the pieces to put together to make your massive machine work, and then when it happens, it's amazing. Yeah. I know some people have talked about promos lately, um, Professor Namely, about how some of these uh, promos... Professor, been... and then there's also um, Saffron Olive's article about it. Yeah, they've been less than impressive lately. We can't really talk like they're they're more talking about the F and M style of the promo, but I mean, the bio box, you know, that's something that. I mean, the last two bio box promos were Thalia, Heretic, Cathar, Skyship Stalker, and this. So, I mean, Thalia was not a bad card at all. Oath of the Gatewatch's bio box promo was Goblin Dark Dwellers. I have those. Are, those are the actual the ones that I play. Yeah, <laughs> I play those because I like Anyways. the art box. Let's but move no, on from um, the Biobox promo to the launch day promo. Yeah, that promo is the, the promos look pretty cool. I love the fact that it has alternate art. I like getting alternate art cards. Oh yeah. So this new card is launch. Quicksmith Rebel. It's three and a red for a three-two human artificer at rare. And it has a very interesting line of text. Uh, when Quicksmith Rebel enters the battlefield, target artifact you control gains quotation marks. Tap. This creature deals two damage to target artifact. creature or player. Close quotation marks. For as long as you control Quicksmith Rebel. This artifact. You said creature. Oh, I said creature. I mean, yeah, I meant artifact. Target artifact gets it. Um, no, you said this artifact. You said this creature deals, but it's oh, this sorry, artifact. No. This, yeah, the, so artifact the, the, the artifact deals, deals the, damage the damage and gets the ability. I hear you like damage dealing clues. Yeah, clues dealing damage is really funny. Um, the thing that this is missing that we talked or I talked with Carrie about in the episode a few weeks ago about the Kaladeshi story is how Carrie was expecting rebels and this is a quicksmith rebel and it's it's type line does not say rebel oh no ruined yeah so i if the if a card with rebel in its name does not have the rebel subtype then i don't think we're going to get any cards with the subtype rebel in this in this set sorry to everybody who loves subtypes i know it's so it's it'd be really fun and it would actually add some play to some older cards um but this card is interesting like giving just like a servo, the ability to, sh- to shock something is going to be really powerful and limited. Being able to give it to a clue in standard is going to be really fun as well. I don't think this is actually going to see standard play. Like, Puzzle it's knots. a 3-2. It, it's 4 mana. It gets spell queller. It dies to everything. But it's fun. I, I look at a card like this one, and I'm like, I instantly am like, okay, I'm already starting thinking like, so where is this going to fall on the how, where do you fall on my pack one pick one scale? <laughs> I mean, giving it a giving making something a, a shocker like instead of being a pinger is really powerful. But I'm not sure how good that is. Remember, like yeah. So I said I already, we already kind of jumped past the constructive part on this card in particular, at least in my mind. Yes. Um, just because the how the format looks comes down to it is so far we've seen a two two in the trophy mage. We've seen a three two in the scrap trawler, and this is a three two. So you need to look at the toughness of the majority of playable cards in the set before you can really even evaluate this kind of thing for limited. So that's like, it's one of the things you like be like, okay, where are we going to go from here based off of this? How good is this going to be? Will it be good? Will it not be good? Well, like even looking at Kaladesh itself, there's no pingers in Kaladesh that I can think of. This is the first instance of a pinger that I can, that I can recall off the top of my head. And like 
being a being a repeatable source of damage is incredibly powerful, but being a three two is incredibly te- is incredibly bad. Yeah, not incredibly bad. It, it's not as bad as an X one in servo dot format, but you know, like if it was an X three, I think if it was a two three, it'd be too good because then it would be a defensive creature giving a giving a very good defensive ability to an artifact. Yeah, and plus like Quicksmith Rebel in the art for this one, he's attacking looks like a Gear Hulk. Or something. I don't even. I can't. In, I in the non-promo like a, art, he is literally welding a rocket onto a servo. Okay, so with the amazing it, flavor text, let's add just a little bit. Let's just add a bit more stopping power. Yeah, I, the the promo art. I want to say it looks like it's some giant thing with a harpoon gun. Yeah, it might be a Gear Hulk with a harpoon gun. I don't know. Either way, it looks like. We'll see how this goes, but this is a card that I mean, even evaluation wise, it just looks like a fun little card. Super fun, super flavorful. Definitely fits the theme. Sad, it's not a sad. It's not a rebel. Yeah, kind of sad. It's not a rebel, especially given like where the story is going too, with like rebelling against the government. Like this is like the time to get rebels. Yeah, it also fits oh. into a thing that Mark Rosa talked about during BFZ about whether we can see allies outside of Zendikar. Like hard to just have the subtype ally because think people are allying together, and well, we'll see. Now the next two cards. I don't think there's any debate about whether or not they'll see play in standard or if they're good and limited. Because my god. We're talking two mythics. And let's just go ahead and get Ajani out of the way. Because okay. Ajani Unyielding is an amazing little magic card, has great art. I think this is this is a uh, Kieran Yanner's first planeswalker art, and they definitely knocked it out of the park. Well, yeah, and I remember when so we mentioned I mentioned at the top, um, there was kind of like a spoiler that this came out with where it was basically like the, it was showing the game day champion. So the art we get this at the game day champion playmat art as well. And it was a couple of things. It was basically like the YP, uh, the WPN promo kind of like, Hey, this is the card you're getting when you do your events and stuff for Aether revolt. That was kind of leaked. Um, we saw this art and was like, who did the art for this? And I know a couple of the art guys like Mike, uh, he was just like, I don't know. Like, I think they all got thrown for a loop on this one, which is great. I thought, I thought Vorthos Mike was hinting that he knew who it was. He just wasn't saying. Yeah, but other people were like, I don't know who the heck it was. But yeah. Anyways, Ajani Unyielding is four green-white for a Mythic Planeswalker Ajani, and he starts at four loyalty, which isn't a lot for six mana. Normally, you want them to start a little higher. But he has a plus two ability, which is reveal the top three cards of your library, put all non-land permanent cards revealed this way into your hand, and then the rest in the bottom of your library in any order. So it could be a draw three for plus two. Seems decent. Green, again, showing that green now is the true card draw <laughs> color. I mean, you can't draw Wraths, which is a little sad. Um, but some cards that you can draw in standard with Ajani, uh, Stasis Snare as an answer to creatures. Um, you could also grab stuff like Tireless Tracker, you can grab stuff like, oh, geez. Um, so if you get a Banisher Priest type card, you can grab it. Yeah. I mean, there's there's good stuff you can get. It can grab Marvel. I mean, one thing we didn't actually, one thing we kind of didn't mention is there were actually some green white human decks. Yeah. Like Craig Wesco played green white humans. Like, yeah. This can grab all you your humans. It can grab your um, Smuggler's Copter. Champion. It can grab your Hamlet Captain. You can just grab everything. I don't think those decks are playing a six-mana Planeswalker, but you can. You can grab that Looter Scooter. You definitely can grab a Looter Scooter. Uh, now, Ajani has a minus two to balance off that plus two, 
which is exile target creature. Its controller gains life equal to its power. Swords to Plowshares, what up? It is literally, literally Swords to Plowshares on a Planeswalker, um, which is one white mana for that effect, and you can imagine that card is busted good. Um, I'm fine if you pay six mana in two different colors to Swords my creature in standard. Same with Limited. Um, that's a very powerful ability. You can sword your own creature. You can. If you need to gain life, you can sword your own creature. Dude, you know where this would go? Where? Nia Aetherworks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what oh, I was thinking of. Uh, Path my own Emrakul, gain 13 life. After Oops. I hit you for 13. Oh yeah. my god, and then you play the, uh, the one that you can... <laughs> oh, oh god, Eternal what's Scourge? The... No, you can do Eternal Scourge with it and have some shenanigans with that one. Um, no, I'm thinking more of the uh, Coax from the Blind Eternities. Yes, you could definitely <laughs> play like a Bant, a Bantajani Coax deck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Barf. Um, now, Johnny's minus, his ultimate is minus nine, and it's it's not as funny as his gain 100 life from Mentor of Heroes, but it, it's up there. Uh, put five plus one plus one counters on each creature you control, and five loyalty counters on each other Planeswalker you control. So, here's the thing. There has been an EDH deck that has been seeing all of its cards spike in price lately, and that is Atraxa Super Friends. Guess where this card's going right Atraxa away. Atraxa Super Friends. <laughs> like, I love Ajani being the Planeswalker that helps other Planeswalkers, and this is just, oh my god. At least it says other. At least it says other. <laughs> Also, doubling, thank you, Wizards, doubling. for not giving him five loyalty and four so that he can't ult immediately with doubling season. Oh, my God. Doubling season anyway with that ultimate is just bananas. That's also true. But like the point is, it's just like, oh, That's my 10 God. 10 counters, dude. 10. Yes, that is a lot. For, for I would say, a majority of Planeswalkers, that's ult and then ult again. Uh, like there's, uh, there might be like a few that that wouldn't hurt that that would not happen with, and like they'd be like Ugin, Nickel Bolas, um, Jace the Mind Sculptor ult at neg twelve. A Johnny so that wouldn't work too well, but still, that's silly. It's bananas. It's goofy, and I it's love an it. No, <laughs> like this. No, when some some of the ultimates like, hey, it's okay. No, this is a like, this is a dang ultimate. And, like, if you have creatures in play, you make your 1-1s one into 6-6s. Six like, this... Th also, when you, when, if you don't I, have I, anything to do... Like, if you don't change anything, you go 4, 6, 8, 10, minus 9. Ajani's still alive. He's still at 1 loyalty. He can go back up. <laughs> yeah. I love this design. Yes. This I think Ajani that Ajani is, is... The numbers are exactly right. They are exactly, exactly perfect. Right, and we kind of we saw Ajani move from this mono white vert. He saw like you know he moved from his red white vengeance into you know the Ajani steadfast and the other ones we had over the years the double white ones. He got insane when he picked up green. Yeah, mentor of heroes into Ajani uh, uh, back in you know was it born? It was journey. Journey, Psh, whatever. I don't know. Those set those sets was all the same to me. Uh, into a Johnny Unyielding, like th this is a true Planeswalker ultimate. You want to like this is one of those designs where you can be like, this is a Planeswalker. Look how crazy cool that final ability is when you ultimate it. Now you want to know my biggest thing with a Johnny? What? He is the perfect, and I do mean perfect, Emrakul Trump. Because here's why: 
if on my turn I play an Ajani and plus him, and then you play Emrakul, and you minus Ajani, I'll still have the ability to minus Ajani to kill your Emrakul. And not just kill it, exile it so you can't get it back. On the flip side, if you Emrakul me and I have an Ajani in hand, and you cast it and exile one of my creatures, then on my turn I kill Ajani to exile your Emrakul. Yeah. Ajani is the perfect trump, just metagame-wise, for green-white decks to fight against Emrakul decks. It's a great foil for it, and I mean, like I said, this could go into something like those Naya Aetherworks decks. You put it in the board or something like that if you want to, you know, have some shenanigans with that. Can, can you imagine playing your own thing, just getting enough of a board stall down, drop, getting a Johnny up there, and then somehow getting Emrakul out, and then minus nining ultimate your Johnny with the Emrakul on the board? <laughs> 1818, <laughs> what up? I mean, Ajani's <laughs> probably great in that Marvel deck. Like, imagine plus twoing Ajani and flipping, you know, Woodweaver's Puzzle Knot, Tireless Tracker, Marvel. Yeah, like, that's, that's pretty great. good. Like, I, we don't know where standard's going to go once we see all the cards, but for right now, like, we're early enough in the game, we're like, hey, where would this fit in this current deck? And it, I think that would be its home. But even then, it's still great. It looks awesome. I love it. Yeah, Ajani is fantastic. Um, I don't know if it's going in my cube or not. Selesnia is a really rough guild to to crack into cube. It's it's rough. Yeah, Anyways, well, one last see. one last card that's not or that's in booster packs because we also have the two planeswalker deck planeswalkers which we'll talk about a little bit. Uh, this one was spoiled from on a, on the Facebook video I mentioned earlier. It is Heart of Kirin, which is a two mana mythic legendary vehicle. It's a four four flying vigilance with crew three. But you can remove a loyalty counter from a Planeswalker you control to crew it instead. Love it. Two things. One, it costs the same as Smuggler's Copter. Yep. It's bigger than Smuggler's Copter. Yep. But it's not as good as Smuggler's Copter. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what am I going to say other than yep? Yeah. I mean, it looks hilarious. And I have to say, I know we mentioned this with uh, Ajani, but I love the design space on this. Like... It's, it might not be the best little, like, ability, but it shows them thinking, like, remember, we just got vehicles. They're still exploring vehicles. This is a cool little way to say, hey, we are looking at alternate crew costs. Yeah. And the big thing with the Heart of Kieran, for those of you who remember, Kieran is the name of Chandra's father. This is totally something Mom built. Yes, this is totally something Pia built. And the fact that you can use a Planeswalker's loyalty to crew it is supposed to be emblematic of the fact that this is supposed to be kind of like, maybe not their home base, maybe it's like their their flagship or whatever. But using using your Planeswalkers to crew this is supposed to kind of be the coming together in the story sense of everybody coming together to help fight back against the Consulate. And I love the design. It is really good. Crew 3 is rough, but... You can go turn two Heart of Kirin into, say, turn three Thalia crew and bash for four. You can do that. It might not work as well as you want, but... Yeah, so playability-wise, I think we're going to, like, in terms of limited... Eh, yeah, okay, four, four Flying Vigilance for two mana, but you didn't have to, you know, crew for three. And odds are you're not going to have a Planeswalker, so... Yeah, if you have a Planeswalker with Heart of Kirin, good job. Pat yourself on the back and go high-five all your friends. Yeah, because you just won that draft anyway. Yes. Um, like, even if you didn't win the draft, you won the draft. But standard, like I said, this this one is definitely going to need more cards spoiled before we can even begin to evaluate it. Truly. Really, here's the thing with Smuggler's Copter. Smuggler's Copter's crew cost is one. Literally anything can crew it. 
Crew 3 is very, not difficult, but it's harder to get than Crew 1. And that's even true in, in Limited as well. Like, even with Limited, you have cards like, say, um, Spire, uh, Spireside Infiltrator, which is a 3-mana three 3-2 three that can crew these, excuse me, these bigger cre- these bigger vehicles. Yeah, but even then, it's still you're still looking at needing to curve out beautifully on this one. Yeah. Where, as with with Smuggler's Copter, you could go, okay, or for instance, in Standard, you can just go Thraven Inspector, go. Next turn, smug, uh, attack with Thraven Inspector, Smuggler's Copter, go. Next turn, crew Smuggler's Copter with Thraven Inspector, bash for three. Yeah, like, Smuggler's Copter have- being crew one, I mean- looting on attacks and blocks is silly. Um, I do like that Hardy Kieran is more defensive than most other vehicles, but the issue is, of course, how are you crewing it? Um, are you crewing it with Planeswalker loyalty? Like, is Heart of Kieran going to be the the is going to be one of the big one of the big parts of say a Planeswalker control deck in standard? Like, is if is Super Friends really going to be viable um, with Heart of Kieran being your big defensive threat? Now, like, another thing to yeah, another thing to remember though with that is you can uptick your Planeswalker and then use it. Yes. To accrue this, it's it's not counting for that planeswalker thing. So, I, I really hope that people don't think like, oh well, I'm gonna accrue my heart of Kieran. Looks like I can't use my planeswalker ability this turn. It's like, no, use your planeswalker ability turn and then accrue it. Yes. And those are the official spoilers so far. Um, as Ian mentioned, we're not gonna talk about any of the leaks. Um, but let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the planeswalker cards from the planeswalker decks. Which one is a Johnny Valiant Protector? Um, and remember, these Planeswalkers are going to mirror the Planeswalkers you find in booster packs, but they're not going to be the exact ones. Real quick, Valiant Protector, same mana cost, same loyalty, different abilities, uh, plus two. You could put two plus a puzzle counters on up to one creature. Uh, plus one, you reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature, put that card in your hand and the rest in the bottom. Then minus 11, you put X plus a puzzle counters on a creature, where X is your life total. And then, the, and then that creature gains trample until end of turn. <laughs> now, that is a hilarious uh, ultimate. Now, remember the point of these planeswalker deck cards is that the, yes they are standard legal however they are not designed to be like we need to put slam include this in a standard deck kind of thing like that that minus 11 ultimate eh, plus two put two creatures on up to one target creature i mean okay but it's not really what i'm looking for out of a six mana planeswalker no so um the reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card i mean it's not bad I mean, it finds a creature, which is probably what you need, and there's probably going to be a lot of them in the Ajani Valiant Protector deck, so... Yeah, so, like, if you have something down, you can probably just plus two this, and if you need to dig for something else, you just go plus two, plus one, and then yep. start plus twoing again. But, like I said, we this probably wants to play. We need to see what the uh, Planeswalker deck lists are, but I like the art. Art's fantastic. Now... The other um, one the is effectively confirms cool. who the other Planeswalker in Aether Revolt is. Yeah, because remember, this is small sets. So we're probably only getting two. Yeah, no more than be a stretch. Two. It would be a stretch to get three. But we got Tezzeret, Master of Metal, which is definitely one of the coolest names they've put on a Planeswalker. Uh, and Tezzeret already... is four blue-black for a five-loyalty Mythic Planeswalker Tezzeret, of course. Uh, plus one, you reveal cards on top of your library and two, reveal an artifact card. Put that card into your hand and the rest in the bottom of your library in a random order. Uh, minus three, target opponent loses life equal to the number of artifacts you control. And minus eight, gain control of all artifacts and creatures target opponent controls. Yeah, that minus three is kind of funny. Minus three is <laughs> so, funny. So um, what I've what I've mostly like, so you mentioned the name for it. I've already seen people do mock up like 
alters of this card where because the way he's holding his hands it's perfect for him holding a guitar oh yes <laughs> there's already several out there it's fantastic because yeah, i know that to put it one way but you could have him be a i guess a lefty strummer uh yes this? he would he would be a lefty strummer yeah because because his claw is on his right hand so he'd be like using the fretwork on his right hand and then he'd be strumming with his left which is already in a kind of a thing where you could easily just edit a pick in there but i love it it's yes. great now, the abilities, reddish. people were actually talking about this card in Standard. Right? They were actually talking about Tezzeret Master of Metal in Standard. Which is why I kind of prefaced it with the, these are not designed to necessarily be like, let's land this in a Standard deck. But, I mean, artifacts, man. <laughs> yeah. Artifacts are powerful. And, like, I saw people being like, hey, I can plus one Tezzeret to find my Gear Hulk. And I'm like, that's, um, okay. That's interesting. Oh. Plus one to find Torrential Gearhulk, barf. Yes. Um, but I'm just looking at this card, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's cool, but the rest of his abilities don't do anything. I mean, okay, the minus eight to, like, mind control your opponent's entire board is definitely going to be powerful, but I think that there's better, like, I think the blue-black Tezzeret that we're going to actually find in Planeswalker deck, or in the actual booster packs, which, by the way, his art is on one of the, is on one of the booster packs, and it definitely looks super sinister, um, is going to be better. I'm, I'm just happy we're getting Tezzeret back. Yes, that is definitely I mean, the biggest te- thing. Te- te- I should say Tezzeret Planeswalker back. Like a pl- no, I, I know there are Tezzeret Planeswalker to go with. Um, There's Agent Tezzeret. Bolas and the Seeker. Yeah, Tezzeret Seeker and Tezzy Bolas. Tezzy Brolas. Yes. Tezzy B. No, but uh, I mean, it was it was kind of like, I almost feel like they were wasting the story space if they didn't hit Tezzeret up because... You know, at the end of Kaladesh story, it's like, yep, by the way, Te- Tezra's here and he's causing all kinds of craziness. And yeah. Yeah. I think he's, that there would be the more if we didn't get an Ajani but got a, or if we didn't get a Tezzeret but got an Ajani, then if we didn't get an Ajani and got a Tezzeret. Hey, you know what this means, right? What? Set without a Jace. Boom. I mean, that was kind of expected. BFZ didn't have a Jace either. What? Dude, come on. <laughs> Look, all right. I'm just chalking up wins in the no Jace column, okay? I mean, I believe that Jace and Chandra are the two Planeswalkers that have the most different Planeswalker cards still. Yes. I'd have to look at the numbers again, but I know Ajani's up there too. But the fact that we're getting a new Ajani, Tezzeret... Yeah, Ajani, and... Ajani is definitely quickly getting up there in number, yeah. especially since he just got two technically in this set. Yeah. Um, even also... even, even oh, so, yay, yay Planeswalkers. Yay Planeswalkers. I would uh, love to do an like article them. where we just talk about all the planes, or not an article, an episode where we just talk about all the planeswalkers. Just like we're talking about like the card ones, or you know, well, like the ones that have cards. Yes. Okay, so we're not talking like pre-mending stuff. No, I mean that gets that gets weird. That's that gets... when we're going to invite Carrie back on and be like, Carrie, we need your help, <laughs> buddy. What's up? No, um, no. Technically, though, we can talk about a pre-mending planeswalker that has a planeswalker card. Uh, there's two. No, three. No, three. Who are you thinking of? Ugin. Yep. Nicol Bolas. Yep. Liliana. Also one more. Uh, oh, Karn. One more. <laughs> um, who think, else? Uh, think Monocolor Commander. Oh, oh, Nahiri. Teferi. Huh? Nahiri, also Teferi. And, and, and Teferi, yeah. Um, and if you're going to go that far, um, Freylise, even though she's technically dead. No, she's well, not technically dead. She is dead. But. but like I said, it's a pre-mending Planeswalker with Planeswalker card, so. Yes, it's true. We gotta be, we, I'm saying, man, we got to be careful. 
We do. I know. We do have I'm to be pulling, I'm, I know. I'm calling out the corner cases, but <laughs> yes, that is definitely the case. Either way, um, that sounds like something we can do sometime. But no, in terms of cars that we've seen so far, that's what we've got. I mean, as and, always, when you get spoilers, like I'm excited. Like now, these are remember, cool. True spoiler season does not start until January. January second. There we go. Uh, we are apparently going to get other spoilers kind of like sprinkled through here in between now and Christmas. Um, yes. And then we'll also have some more spoilers um, once January 2nd hits when official spoiler season starts. But until then, until then, this is exciting. I'm, I, I, I am ready to see what Ether Revolt brings. Hey Amen. This, this isn't like shit. This isn't like Eldritch Moon where people are like, I get it. Liliana, Emrakul, sure. What does Kaladesh have to do? What does Kaladesh say? This is not like that. This is not like, oh, what's, what, I'm tired of this. What, what does Amonkhet have? No, no, no. I am on board with Aether Revolt. I want to see, like, I'm just like, okay, how is this going to work with what we've already got? I want to see it. Let's do this. Oh, yes. Also, for people who may, may not remember, uh, when you're going to be drafting Aether Revolt, it's going to be Aether Revolt, Aether Revolt, Kaladesh. So, yes. Important thing to note. So, so all those cards you've just gotten used to in Kaladesh, you're going to have one pack of it. <laughs> Yeah. So don't ex- don't expect to get a bunch of Whirler Virtuosos. No. <laughs> I expect that deck to die a horrible death. So enjoy it while it lasts. R.I.P. Panharmonic Combo. It's been fun. Anyways, uh, I think that's going to do it for us today. Yep. Um, anyways, Ian, if people wanted to find you on social media, where can they do so? You guys can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash DixonIJ. That is D-I-X-O-N-I-J. Uh, Twitch, twitch.tv slash Dix. Again, holidays coming up. Gonna be crazy. I am trying to potentially stream again before the holiday break, um, especially since the cube's coming out. Everyone loves a little bit. Everybody of Everybody loves some vintage cube. Everyone loves some cu- holiday cube, uh, vintage cube, whatever you want to call it, cube cube. Uh, and probably, I need to start kicking up the legacy game, even though it's you know six months out. <laughs> Got to do it, man. Yeah, got to do you it. Got to make sure that you can keep the wheels off for um, for your Legacy Infect deck. Ah, dude, I have it already. I just need to play it more. I know, I know. So anyway, John, where can I find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at jwiley129. That is J-W-I-L-E-Y-129. You can also find me on Twitch by the same thing, but I, no, I'll let you know when I'm when I'm streaming. It'll um, be a sh- it'll be a thing. It will it will be a thing at some point. Also, if you want to reach the podcast directly, you can do so at Eyes and the Mize, or if you have a more personal question, you can shoot us an email at eyesandthemize at gmail.com. Please give us your feedback. We love hearing how you all want us to improve on the podcast. Um, there's already some, I have some thoughts. I don't know if, Ian, if you thought of anything, but I have some ideas. They're, cool. they're, they're cooking. Nice. In any case, that's going to do it for us. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next time. <laughs>